Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? Uh, pretty good, Dennis. We it's been a, a busy week. A uh, good week, though, um, for entertainment and games and movies and such. Uh, so yeah, overall, overall, pretty good. How's how's your week been? Um, pretty standard. Um, I spent a week up in. I don't even know what to describe it. It's kind of no man's land uh, in in northern, northern, not, it feels weird calling it northern. I guess it is northern. Northern, eastern, not eastern, nor, whatever, in California. <laughs> southern, western, northern. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, sort of if you draw a straight line west from Sacramento and north from San Francisco, that's close to where I was, um, right off of Highway 101, uh, US 101, I guess it is, uh, that runs all the way, well, it runs a long way north, because I also drove on that highway in Washington and Oregon, well, mostly Oregon. Hmm. Um, but I was, I was there for the week, and then um, yesterday I moved, so I'm now... Um, just outside of Yosemite National Park. Um, so I'm looking forward to going and seeing that either tomorrow or Thursday. Um, and then Saturday, before I moved, I made the drive down to San Francisco. Um, I sort of debated on that for a long time because you see, like, if you look at Google reviews on places for, like, specifically parking garages there's yeah. always a couple people who either got their car broken into or saw other cars with the windows smashed in and stuff yeah and i'm like uh, what have i like i don't have anything really valuable that's stealable in my car but i also can't empty my car out or else i would just fill up all the floor space in the camper right um which leaves nowhere for a dog to go when I <laughs> yeah, he's, leave. Angel's got to go camp. somewhere, right? Right, exactly. Um, but like the most valuable, if as long as I don't take my computer, my laptop with me, the most expensive thing in there is a generator that weighs over fifty pounds. So I don't think a like smash and grab car thief is going to grab a big giant generator. Um, <laughs> right? It's like quick haul that thing a, out. It's the size of a decent sized cooler and. Uh, also, as mentioned, very heavy. Yeah. Um, but good news on that. I, I did not get uh, my car broken into. That's good. Um, although uh, what what also did not uh, did nothing to assuage those concerns was that everywhere you can park, um, there were signs saying, like, don't leave valuables in your car. Bring your <laughs> wallets and, right? and passports and everything with you. Um and I'm like, okay, that's great. That's not, not very good. But you know, as I said, good news. No, no, no incident there. I drove down to Japantown, um, where there is a there is a mall and a bookstore called um, Kinokuniya, which is um, it's like half. It was on two levels. The top level was like a normal bookstore with um, a big like. There was a section labeled in Japanese that. Um, looked like mostly kids books uh which was interesting to yeah. me and then the the bottom floor was all manga and they had that separated into 
original Japanese and then English translated um, manga. So that was cool to walk around. Yeah. Also got some um, uh, takoyaki, which are these like spheres, like golf ball sized that are sort of a fried ball and they have stuff in inside of them. Like, I don't know, seafood or seaweed or <laughs> something. I don't know. They were good though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, in between a couple of the buildings, there's a bridge that's all enclosed with shops, like on the sides of it, it's just a really wide bridge. Um, and there's a restaurant in there that's basically just like a long bar with a row of like two seater tables up opposite. Yeah. And I got some, uh, karage, which is, uh, Japanese fried chicken, uh, or like chicken not really like nuggets, but, um, it's the, they're little pieces of chicken, like a kind of like a general Tso's Chinese chicken, except, um, um, without the sauce, the like orange sauce or the, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Sugar, sugary sauce you get in Chinese food. Um, so that was fun. The biggest, um, the biggest downer to that trip, because it was like, I think I got to the bridge in a little over an hour and then it was an hour and a half total from camp to, to, um, downtown. Yeah. Um, when I, cause I picked a couple of potential parking lots. I did some research online, um, where to potentially park and get good, you know, walk around a little and get some photos and was going to stop it. There's like national park, uh, sites and stuff because it's uh golden gate, I think it's an NRA, a national, uh, recreation area or something. But, um, when I got there and I found the parking lot that was like, this one's a little out of the way. It usually doesn't get too crowded. It was packed with cars because there was some kind of bike cyclist, uh, thing going on. And I was like, okay, I can't park here. Let me go around to this other place. And it's like an old fort or something. But the, the point I'm getting to is there was fog. Like San Francisco's famous for, like, like they say, yeah, yeah, foggy. it's fog, and there was fog just clumped all around the Golden Gate Bridge, and so in, um, like at the very top, <clears throat> at the very top of one of the pylons, I think pylon is the right word, the towers, um, I could see just the tip of it above the fog sometimes, and a little bit of like the actual bridge and the cable going from land into the fog. And I'm like, this is like, there are a lot of famous sites. You see the skyline, you see Alcatraz, you see the painted ladies and that stuff's all sort of scattered around. But I was like, to get here, to get into the city, I have to cross a bridge. So I want to stop maybe on the North side, maybe after I get into the city and get some cool pictures. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that you can't, it's probably like the most photographed bridge in the world, but Um, you know, get a dumb selfie with it or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, gotcha. and it was just, it was just completely obscured. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I, I, I drove around, I tried to find some different, I'm like, maybe it'll, maybe it'll blow off kind of a, a thing. And then nothing. So I'm like, well, I'll go <laughs> into the city. I'll do this, you know, little sort of shopping window shopping that I came down here for. Um, and maybe it'll be. Maybe to be cleared up by the time I leave. And by the time I left, the whole city was covered in fog. 
<laughs> and so it was like, no, at, at no point I could see like the shadow of the bridge as I was driving across it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, oh, well, well you, you um, get to visit the city and then you, you don't actually, that, that is kind of a real bummer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. On my, on my drive Sunday yesterday, um, I went on one of the other bridges that goes from, um, whatever you call that land north of because the bridge connects san francisco to the land north which is like where Muir woods and um petaluma and uh san san something um it goes to the north but then there's another bridge that veers off to the east toward oakland um and maybe some of the other cities around there. I'm, I'm dropping names. Like I'm familiar with these areas and I absolutely am not. Right. Um, I, I left camp Sunday morning with Google maps telling me how to get to the next campground. And I just followed that. I maybe glanced at it at first and changed the settings to, to avoid tolls. Cause I didn't want to go through San Francisco again. Right. Um, especially, uh, because I drove, the the other thing there there are a handful of things San Francisco's famous for. The other one is that it's built on a hill or maybe several hills that are very steep. Um and that's definitely true. Like I drove to get from Golden Gate Bridge to Japantown, went like up this hill and then back down it with four-way stops at every you know, every block. Yeah. And it's it's so steep that I was like sitting up or leaning forward in my car to see around like the 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 roof or the dashboard because it, the angles were so um extreme and i'm like this is absolutely i don't want to bring my camper anywhere near this um, <laughs> yeah but anyway from that bridge as i was going down near um near oakland and other the cities on the other side of the bay um i could see the golden gate bridge in the distance it was like just i could sort of see it and i was like maybe i can snap a picture out my window but then there's like this fence and the camp my phone kept focusing on the fence and i'm like that's not gonna work oh well yeah um so that will be a thing that i'll have to try again someday yeah, when i'm true. when i'm back in this area yeah i, I the, the first time i kind of had similar to first time i was ever in california at all I was excited, you know, L.A., sunny California and perfect stuff, and I was going in the summer. And the whole week that I was there was for a convention, and the whole week I was there, it was gray and gloomy and cloudy the whole time. Um, and the, the it was obscured in the distance for stuff to see. Like, I couldn't see the Hollywood sign because it was in fog and stuff. Oh, um, wow, yeah. And, and I, I come to find that's what they call the June gloom. It's always like that in June mm -hmm. for some kind of, you know, seasonal natural thing. But uh, – yeah. It, it was the same thing. You go, you get excited about one thing you're do, and like see the bridge and see the city and sit up, and then it's just na nature's sick. Nope, this is how this works. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing you can do with that. That's kind of a bummer. Well, that's yeah. cool that you're there. I, I, I've always kind of wanted to go to San Francisco because uh, I've been to Southern California. Obviously, we've talked about that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but it has been that, and, and along with Boston, another U.S. city that I, I kind of want, want to visit, are prohibitively expensive. They are like outliers on where you want to go and visit a place and how expensive it is to visit them. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. the best, it sounds like the best way to go is own your own camper and camp outside and come in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, there are, I'm, I'm 
sort of tentatively making plans for the winter and into next spring. And I was, I was intending to go back to the East Coast in the spring, but I might just go back up into Washington mm-hmm. next summer. Um, and there are a couple parks closer to San Francisco. And so I might try and get into one of those in like, I don't know, March or April before it gets to like before Memorial Weekend. Oh, when yeah. it's when the the parks are still a little cold, still a little um empty, empty um yeah. and yeah, I there were a couple times where I I thought I almost said I've never been to San Francisco, mm. um because I have, but it was for a work conference, mm. so you know I flew into the airport, took a cab to the hotel, walked to the convention center, and then. I think I went around to a couple bars with the with the after party after the convention. Um but I didn't see anything. I didn't go see Alcatraz or um the bridge or any of that. Yeah. I probably saw the bridge from the plane, maybe. I don't know yeah. where All right. I don't I don't know offhand where San Francisco Airport is, except that it like takes off it's one of those that takes off over the ocean. Yeah. Um right. and yeah, so I was like, well, now, it's kind of far. I, I sort of talked myself out of going to Vancouver when I was a little over an hour from Vancouver yeah, a couple yeah. months ago for for kind of the same reasons and then talked to Fox a little bit and he's like uh do, is like is that a good enough reason to to avoid cuz of course like you never want to get broken into but I don't want I don't want to have a smashed window where I am right like yeah. I don't have an address I'm like how would I even get it fixed if I, that would be the biggest um yeah things you know the biggest about. but like there's 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 nothing that i regularly keep in my car that would be that horrible to have stolen um right. it would more just be the damage um right. but as i said it was fine so yeah like i said that that the city has a lot going for it a lot of really cool things that i'd love to see um just seems like a really neat town but mm-hmm. You know, it's again one of those. I, I I've gone to New York City multiple times, and don't have a problem spending some money there. But um, San Francisco is a whole nother league um, for staying. Any pri- primarily, it's the cost to stay there, right? Like in a sure. hotel or hotels you know, and heaven stuff. forbid yeah. Airbnb kind of stuff. You know, there's just astronomical prices. Um, so you, it's, it's unfortunate. I know that the, you know it's a problem that they recognize and know and it's difficult to deal with because they're land values, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole, I'm not an expert on this, but I, I listen to, um, Merlin man is a podcaster who lives in San Francisco and it's with the, with the tech boom, the property values just skyrocketed and it's a very small place with people moving in that have money. And I mean, that's, that's how you get things like frequent, break-ins and and crime like that because it's so expensive the people who were already there are now like can't afford rent and stuff like yeah, that. yeah yeah it's it's a it's a bad situation but town is a very cool town uh, yeah I, I know i will visit there someday i'm gonna have to have a real good reason besides just wanting to touristy visit though <laughs> right yeah yeah it's it's one of the more um i think it's one of the more iconic american cities yeah um i would agree, I would agree. you know second to new york but it has a you know it has a pretty recognizable skyline 
And if mm-hmm. there's not that, you know, you just include Alcatraz and the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, there is a bus tour that goes around to a bunch of the like filming locations from movies and, and TV shows. And I was like, oh, that would be really cool. But it was booked. Yeah. Um, it was sold out already by the time I was looking at it, like four, three, four days in advance. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have to come back. and I'm going to have to do that so I can see yeah. all those things. And then maybe I looked at the Alcatraz tour. But it's like, uh, they say to plan like three or more hours, including the ferry ride out there. That's interesting. Okay. And I'm like, that's, that's too long when I'm going to have three hours of driving to get back and forth to camp. That would have to be the the whole day. Like that would be the only thing that I, that I go there to do. And I'm like, that would be super interesting, but not enough to commit a whole day to it. True, true. Well, the and uh, the only question I have is how was how was the uh, the hilly roads? Was it really like as hilly as they show in all the movies and such? Though I mean, the road I drove on definitely was. I was like, okay. oh, this is this is steep. This is um, I don't even know. Well, like Trotsky's driveway. Like for our, that for our, for our listeners, that's very steep. <laughs> <laughs> that's very that's very steep, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean. I I snapped a photo out of my window and then straightened it so that you could see like how I mean you'd see it it's like a it's almost a forty five degree angle maybe more right. um, with the with the upright build like normal buildings like sort of cut into it and so and then it's flat at the intersection so it's like up and then stop and then up and stop and <laughs> then you you hit a crest and you can see like the whole city from there and I could see Alcatraz off in the distance. And then it's down, 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 down um, toward, yeah. I don't know, Mission District or something. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. It yeah. Just, d- definitely seems cool. I did see I'm, I'm glad you explained the part about your, you know, the camper and the things like that. Because when I saw your picture posted of your uh, fog-filled uh, bridge uh, selfie, uh, that mm-hmm. was that, that was almost uh, all day it kept coming to my head thinking, I got to ask him, how what, what was he doing driving his camper into the middle of a major city (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not a hundred percent like i don't i don't even really like going in the outskirts when you get on like um other cities equivalent of 465 in indianapolis because there's just traffic there's people i mean that's how it was going past that area yesterday um to get down here the the other reason um and this will i'll be slightly off with these numbers because some of it is there are different rates if you have their their electronic pass system, but there's a toll um, to go into the city from the bridge, from Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And if you're in a car, if you're in a two axle vehicle, it's like eight or nine bucks, depending on whether you use the thing or yeah. or not. Right. But if you have three or more axles, it jumps up to like twenty seven dollars. Oof. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just one way, like, right? Yeah, they they didn't have toll checking on the way out, which a little strange to me. But I guess it's whatever. It's more, it's more about sort of controlling the flow into the city, maybe or something. And and of course, paying for maintenance on that bridge. But right, um, Right. yeah, cannot be insignificant. Um, No. Well, so I have uh, we're, we got an interesting week this week with um, I'm going to be on a trip and I'm going to go visit um, the Geek Scholars folks out in their uh, headquarters. 
and mm-hmm. uh, we'll be record. That's our kind of our little surprise secret that we'll have for next week. Uh, I talked about it a little bit last week. So we'll be recording a show with the Geek Scholar Movie News people. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Geek Scholar Chris is going to be able to make it, um, but you know, we at least have uh, Chill and Fox, which would be kind of interesting and cool for a, a short special show. Uh, but I'm going to go out and visit them My starting tomorrow. Um, Fox and I are going to go watch The Marvels and mm-hmm. uh, for a press screening uh, ahead of release. And then we're going to come back and talk about it on the show the next day, which is interesting because we're going to talk about it on the show before we can actually talk about it. Um, and then... so Just spoiler well, free, right? Uh, yeah. Well, we can say spoilers, but... We just can't release the show until after, you know. It's, oh, it's, right. <laughs> That's funny. But it's uh, but it's coming. It's it's official release is what's today six. The official release is the ninth, tenth. Yeah, next so it's like a couple days. Right, Thursday. Couple yeah, days so it won't. It'll be out before the show airs. Before the podcast yeah, exactly. airs. But it's a it's an interesting thing that we'll we'll have that kind of review and talk and discussion before, uh, it, you know, that kind of thing. But so that that's exciting. That's going to be fun. Um, to sit down and talk with them about a couple things and, you know, catch up w- with them. I know we'll spend a little bit of time on, you know, what's been going on in the life of the Geek Scholar movie news since, since they, their, their last show. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited about, you know, talk to those two people again, uh, two of my favorite people, and, and get them on, on the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so while I haven't had your cool little trip vacation this week, I think I'll have a, a, a fun time next week. We're going to go up to yeah, New York sure. as well. I'm drive. I'm driving from D.C. to New York, and I, I just was plotting out the route today and realized that it goes straight through Philadelphia. And I'm like, well, I'm going to stop there. And the, the dumbest thing, I'm such a lame basic are you going to get a Are you going to get a cheesesteak? I'm going to get a cheesesteak at Sonny's. <laughs> And I'm going to go to the, the Rocky Balboa oh, steps. And that's that's all I'm oh, doing. Oh, of course. Ha- of course. Yeah. That, that's all I'm going to do. Because, I mean, I got, I'm actually driving through up to, to New York. And I want to spend the day in the city. Uh, so, I'm not... The trip wasn't for Philadelphia. But if I'm going through there, I'm going to at least stop at those two places. Um, sure. So, silly, silly enough, that's what I'm going to do. And I, I have had Lola ask me to... Because she was just there a couple weeks ago. And said, get yourself a cheesesteak so we can take a picture with it. So, I'm going to do that. Um, so that's exciting for this next week. And maybe I'll report a little bit about, um, some things. I, uh, the highlight, I'm going to do a lot of different stuff. Um, but for me, one of the coolest things that I'm looking forward to is going to, I'm watching wicked on Broadway. I've seen wicked three or four times already, but I've never seen it on Broadway and it's their 20th anniversary, uh, season they're having, and mm. they're having all sorts of really cool stuff for the 20th anniversary. And I'm excited to go watch that. Um, there, really, really excited. Um, got decent seats that I'm I'm happy I'm happy with, uh, and spend nice. time with you know, my friends up there. And Marcus, our our buddy, he's been on the show uh, once or twice. So that that's going to be fun. Uh, in more interesting news, um, we got a kind of a thing, several things to talk about here today. Um, one, I want I didn't say this to you before, and it's not really on our list, but it was something that I kind of been wanting to say, and I and I would talk about it here for a second. Um, Marvel, or sorry, not Marvel, but the game Dice Throne, we might have mentioned mm-hmm. it a couple weeks ago, has launched a new Kickstarter um, for... I feel like they just did that. Is this the same one? It's the same one. It's it, and oh, The okay. reason I mention it is, it, it, as of the time of this recording, there's 106 minutes to go before it's closed. Um, 
which is that's why I'm kind of bringing it back and recapping. Um, so if you're if you're hearing about it for the first time, it's too late. You it's too late. Chance. Yes, I'm sure they'll they'll do that. You know, you can get last minute extra purchase things, whatever. But um, the I was a little complaining about it because of the price. It's um, it the can the, the Kickstarter is for a couple things. It's for really three ish new things. It's a a new battle chest, which means it's all of the characters from Dice Throne. So if you've played Dice Throne, which I think is a phenomenal game, uh, I will toot my own horn and that I've been in the uh, championship qualifying tournament for the last three years at Gen Con mm-hmm, for the national mm-hmm. championship. So I'm proud of that, even though the last two years, or no, actually this year and then two years ago, I got out in the first, first game of the championship. Um, but still... Uh, it's it's fun. It's great. Love it. It's, it's there's a whole bunch about it. I'm not going to talk about the game itself today, but I did want to say that the expansion is X Men has a bunch of X Men. The second thing that's for for this Kickstarter is uh, what's called Missions, and it's a cooperative game using all the dice thrown characters and such. I don't know how it works, but it's a whole board and a whole separate thing. Um, but you can pick your favorite dice thrown character and play it cooperatively in this. Or, and here's the key phrase, play it solo. Um, so that being me, I like that. And another thing is too, there's an extra character called Deadpool. If you may know who Deadpool is. And he's a, a bonus thing that they're adding on the... Have um, you ever heard of Deadpool? Have you ever heard of Deadpool? That's that's uh, that's him. So there's three, actually three things in this Kickstarter and as 105 minutes left to go, they have made over $4 million. That's pretty impressive. Um, it's not bad. It's not bad. And it's something that was interesting is that they, you know, everybody has stretch goals, right? Stretch goals. They call it, I mean, mm-hmm. this one, they called them quests. And Okay. Sure. Uh, you know, it's cute. They're, they're, what, you know, they, so you get a certain amount of money and then they're going to do some extra stuff. Uh, yeah. I always find it interesting in these kind of Kickstarters how they will... Um, their goal is something like $100,000, you know, mm-hmm. and then they make $4 million. And you're like, God, geez. Um, but th- their, their, their quests, I'll say they had t- 26, over 26 of them. And I kept seeing every day they would release a new one. And I, and I was like, they're, they're astronomical goals. How are they ever going to meet this? Like $2 million to get, you know, a new character unlocked. That's just crazy. And of course, they have met every one of their goals and unlocked all twenty-eight. I think is what it is. Um, things and it's just insane the amount of stuff. What's interest insane about it is that they have all of these things kind of finished. They've got the products already worked out, and if they had not hit those goals, they were just going to like put them in uh, booster packs and promotional packs and stuff like that um, that you'd buy separately at stores. Uh, which mm-hmm. always felt like a kind of a that's all twenty eight major things that they weren't going to put into the main game they're going to sell separately, um, right? Felt, felt felt weird that they would do that, but obviously maybe they they knew what they were doing and this stuff was going to probably be included anyway. But so I did buy, I did buy, went ahead and because I am a big fan and sucker for it, I bought the expensive, not the expensive one, but the one that has. Uh, all the new gameplay stuff. It's got Deadpool. It's got the X Men characters, and then the the cooperative solo thing that rings in at a. I'm embarrassingly say it. 170 dollars for that. Um, 
but they do go all the way up to a $600 package that you get miniatures that are like beautifully detailed and painted and everything with mm-hmm. it. Uh, still $600. And they have, I said, of the 4 million things, they're at 20,000 backers. I did the math. That's an average of $200 a person buying a board game. That's, I know that's not unheard of for sure on Kickstarter, but to me, it's just kind of staggering that sure over 20,000 people, average people are spending on one purchase, $200. I wonder... Doing that math completely wrong. Divide. That was a uh, four point two million divided by twenty thousand equals two hundred and three dollars. So that's crazy. Twenty thousand nine hundred. Um, slightly. I was I was comparing this to Brandon Sanderson's uh, Four Secret Books uh, Kickstarter, how did, how did which you made. I'm assuming it's billions of dollars, right? It's not billions, but it's. Um, 41.7 million. Oh yeah, that's awesome. With right. with 185,000 backers, which is about the same. It's about 220 um per per, per person per purchase. What, yeah, I I I contributed $60 to that, which was the uh ebook and audiobook tier. Oh, that's um, pretty good. That's 60 bucks. That's pretty good for all, all that. Uh was he that had four books some, that you said? It was four books, and then some of the add-ons, the highest tier was only 500, and and that's like, you get every copy, including um, the, like, premium hardcover, hardcover physical versions of the books, which you could get the four for 160, and then... And then get a dinner date with the author. Yeah, the other... It was like a, it's, they, he called it a year of Sanderson, which is a bunch of like swag stuff. It's not, there's no details on what those are, but it's like, you get all the stuff from earlier tiers plus premium hardcovers and a bunch of other stuff that he shipped out. I was wondering, like um, if you said the average is $200, like what for four books, that's kind of a lot of money, 50 bucks a book. Yeah, it's um, got to be, it's got to be higher. It was for the eBooks. It was 40, which is 10 bucks a book. For audiobooks, it was sixty, which is a pretty good deal because you get the ebooks anyway. It's yeah, it's a, yeah, for a, sure. You know they're they're actually narrated, and then the hardcover was was one sixty, which is what forty, yeah, forty a book, yeah, which is about it's about what you pay for a nice hardcover uh, book, probably probably even less. Um, Maybe that's what you pay, but I don't know what, <laughs> what I pay. But, I d- yeah. I don't. I don't buy a lot of physical books anyway. But I, if yeah. you've got like, you know, a, like genuine embossed leather collector's edition of a of a book, um, sure, sure, yeah. it's it's probably. I mean, that's about uh, right. I, I bought the new um, Tracy Hickman, Margaret Weiss book, um, Dragonlance book, and that was thirty five, um, and that was hardcover. Yeah. So that you know that's yeah. that's there. Um, so yeah. Uh, anyway, D- Dice Throne. It's good. I think it's worth it. It is expensive, but it does came come down to the fact that it is a genuinely fun game to play from all aspects um it being not a long game that you can just hammer it out no problem we can play an hour-long tournament with tons of people and play three games that's just Mm -hmm. phenomenal have a great time um and it's uh deep 
but shallow at the same time. It's just a phenomenal system that I really like, and I'm looking forward yeah, the, to. Yeah, I've only thing. played it a couple times, but the learning curve is a lot easier than, um, like, excuse me, than like Magic. Yes, yes, and, and which the is key... the which is the 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 sort of touchstone dueling game it's of course one right. versus one game i i uh the 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 thing it does for me is that i love and who doesn't love rolling dice like the feel of dice in your hand and rolling them <laughs> especially sure. a lot of them but that is also the worst thing i hate about games is when they have dice that you roll you know because the right. randomosity of stuff uh and this game uh is just somehow made that good like you know with balancing and odds and abilities and changing and cards and upgrades you know to modify your dice and things um, yeah just, it's it's just, pvp yahtzee but kind of in the best way yeah in the best way in a in a, in a good way so uh, w- without yahtzee randomness right you know you you can always have something to do with your dice you know um so it, yeah or, that's true most, it, part, it feels know. like you don't whiff as often as a game like uh king of tokyo yeah exactly Right, you're you're definitely not you know whiffing in this game. You're you're doing so. There is a few times, but but anyway, I didn't want to say too much about it. Just it's pretty cool. It is pretty incredible. I just had to look through all of the all of the the this goals uh, quests uh, that mm-hmm. were finally all they're green now because they've all been completed. The things coming to an end. They've met them all, and it's just really really impressive. And and a lot of those things that they met were making the game super super high quality, like using. One of the goals was making the box super like water resistant and that mm. beautiful kind of oh man this is a solid box type thing right mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or vacuum sealed individual character uh, containers and things so that everything fits perfectly. Um, another goal was oh. to uh, to make the missions the the co op game have very much a similar thing to like mechs and minions where everything has a vacuum sealed place that it goes into really easily so that you can set up and tear down simply. Um, I like, stuff like, I stuff like that, that you say, I like that you say vacuum sealed. Like it's a, a, a brand name. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Va- va- vacuumed sealed. What are, you know, how they suck it into a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, va- but but yes, the, so uh, that, that's cool. I, I kind of, I've already talked too long about that. I just want to say it's neat. It's a neat thing. I'm glad yeah, that they yeah. succeeded at it and seems cool. Um, keep, keeping on, on a game. Uh, I think Frosthaven is the number one board game, board, board game Kickstarter. Yeah. And I, and I want to say it's something like four, 12 or 14 million uh, between that. Makes thing. sense. The original gloom, Gloomhaven was uh, extremely popular. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's um, it's it's good you know good on them for for doing that thing. I have not played Frosty. It's, uh, the odd thing about that is that our that feels like a made for our gaming group, and we had played um, the first one, Gloomhaven, but there's almost like no desire to play Frosthaven. Um, yeah, we I don't know. I mean, obviously your you know doesn't doesn't apply to me because I don't have a regular group. I was playing Gloomhaven with a couple of my siblings. But it was definitely the kind of like, you know, we'll play once a year at most when enough yeah. of us are together. Um, and for the for the Tuesday group, um, there's just always something something different for you guys to play. Like you're doing that um, Lord of the Rings thing, and, which uh, we did finish that one finally. Yeah, um, 
So well, we, that, we, you know, we played some it. of that other stuff. There's Ticket to Ride Legacy coming up, and mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we played so much. I mean, I didn't play so much, but but you all played, and I played enough of it. Like played so much Gloomhaven that we started to see some some flaws in the mechanics, or not flaws, yes. but just things that uh, you know we didn't uh, we didn't love from a design standpoint. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, yes. just didn't didn't resonate with us as players. So when like a brand new, big, huge box Gloomhaven thing came out, we're like, eh, I'm all right. Yeah, and and it and it wasn't significantly improved. It was kind of right. like just a new box with new campaign and new characters and you know new spells. But yeah, it's, it's it's fundamentally having the same problems that we saw before. Right. Um, and, and we had, and to qualify for everybody listening to that, saying, oh, well, you must not have done... We, we played it for over a year every week, <laughs> you know. So we definitely yeah. were users of this thing. And there were two groups going at the same time. So that was 10 people that we were playing um, yeah, for it was, a year. It, it was thoroughly tested. Uh, yeah. It, by, it, I don't say this review lightly, you know. We, we definitely did. So yeah. Frosthaven wasn't... It's cool. I'm glad about it. But Frost, what Frosthaven didn't do for at least us was really sell the, here's what we've done to make this a 2.0 game. Right. Right. Uh, and, and that's why I don't think many of us are very had been really excited about it and gone to it. But good on them. Clearly, they a lot of people have, and they were successful. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just because there were things we didn't like doesn't mean they were wrong or broken. We just are like, eh, that doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit well with our gaming style and various personalities. Yeah. And and to be fair, of that year, I don't. We did play it, like we switched groups a little bit there once, I think, but we never finished. The we did not do everything, which was kind of one of our, I don't say gripes, but like, ugh, you know, we play it so long and so often. And you don't finish a main storyline because it doesn't feel like and you never feel like there's a main storyline. We finished sure. a storyline, but we never finished the entire game. Like all, visited all the locations and mm. done all of the maps and unlocked every box. And you know, we, we naturally we just didn't because it became uh, you know really gr- a grind. I guess type yeah. thing, type thing. You know? Sure. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, it's, Frosthaven. It's mo- funny. Mo- it's the I mean, we talked about Gloomhaven as a video game brought to the table right and one of the one of the big reasons one of the big things that puts people off rpg video games is grind it's grind right and that's and and that's i can see i i I don't think i have played it long enough or or often enough for it to ever feel like a grind there were definitely things about it that were tedious dealing with other yeah. players and their analysis paralysis but oh, i could yeah, see yeah. like yeah. playing it once a week or even every other week for a year or more i'd be like yeah i'm i'm tired of this yeah and and so, something that was a thing that really spoiled it on me and and i don't want to go back on this subject is the, is the uh, a lot of the goals were self-defeating or anti-group sometimes uh, yeah that was and, and, that was and, the biggest sort of sort of meta uh complaint for us is there were mechanics built into the game designed this way to um discourage cooperation yeah sort of or or encourage in fighting within the party in a cooperative game yeah i'm like i know that there's a kind of person who and there's nothing against these people as people i'm not saying they're nazis or anything but like there's a kind of person who appreciates that who appreciates that like 
contention and the competitiveness while you're working together toward a goal. I'm the opposite of that person. I don't mind playing a competitive game. I don't mind playing a cooperative game. I don't even mind playing a cooperative game with, like, scoring, like uh, Legendary, although I did burn out on Legendary also. That's like, oh, we won, and who got the most points while we won? Well, maybe you care or you don't, and mostly we didn't care. Um, But I don't like a cooperative experience where, you know, you're there are people not seemingly sabotaging the mission because the game gave them some secret objective that um, uh, inhibits the group goal. Yeah, and Just and not it, what I'm those into. were re- those were rewarded was a part of it. Like that, right. that's how you yeah. get the the best rewards. Like you know how you get your yeah. your character unlock a thing or. To, to unlock a, a new uber character that's super neat or the thing you want to do you have to not have the fun uh like uh maybe one of the character goals to retire was get 500 gold let's say right and you only get um 20 gold a session these are numbers <laughs> i'm just making up but in that kind of range right. and you're yeah. like oh my god so you have to play for a long time not spending any gold and having any of the fun to like get items and things whatever to just yeah. get this long, grindy goal that's not, that process is not fun to get the, oh, now I've gotten the big reward for not having fun, which that's, yeah. that's a, that's a mentality of grinding again to me. Yeah. And, um, and also, and also meanwhile, you're taking all the gold from your teammates and yes. potentially playing recklessly mid fight because you want to get to the gold before somebody else can, can loot it. And yeah. it's just like, oh, this is, yeah, like they they had to have put this in here knowing that it would build contention within the team, and I'm not I'm not yeah. into that. And 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 also, unless someone can write in and tell us differently, Frosthaven never said that they were going to change any of that stuff. They were just doing it, you know, another way. Uh, yeah. I hear Jaws of the Lion, which was like a condensed version, did something some things to make that more enjoyable. Um, but uh, that was kind of a mini expansion change mm-hmm. side grade or something like that. But can add but anyway, something yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, I had planned something I wanted to talk about for a second just to kind of give a quick review. Um, I, I don't know why. I knew this, but I had forgotten that our library checks out video games. Uh, so I recently went and checked out what PlayStation 5 games they had and Switch games. Um, mm-hmm. uh, our buddy Justin had mentioned that he had Super Mario Wonder. And I was like, oh. All right. Obviously, I'm on the waiting list for that, but it, I'm 30th on the waiting list, and you get to keep it out for three weeks. So I'm not <laughs> holding my breath to get Super Mario Wonder. Sure, um, but I did check out a game called Ratchet and Clank: A Rift Apart. That's a very staple uh, franchise for the PlayStation. I remember so hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. I have played many Ratchet and Clank games. Uh, never once have I got them when they came out or been excited about oh whatever. But every sure. single one I absolutely love, and that includes this one. Um, can't stop putting it down. Every little thing is just fun, enjoyable. You don't feel like you're have to do anything but you want to do everything kind of like uh we were just talking about grinding to get a thing right mm-hmm. they whatever mechanics they do to make you want to grind to un- do an unlock in ratchet and clank it's kind of like the diablo grind where that's what you like to do you're doing the mm-hmm. thing you like to do and then you unlock things right sure. and that's kind of how spider-man that series does the same thing you're just having a fun time doing that awesome fun stuff and then oh look I have earned enough rewards to get my stuff. And then it's got cute characters with a really fun, lighthearted story. 
uh, that kind of grabs you in. Very personable. Great voice acting the series always has. And this game just continues that great, you know, idea and thoughts with new, simpler um, abilities. The guns, the guns are a very important part of, and the the things they do are very important in the Ratchet and Clank series. And there's there's tons and tons of guns, and they are wildly different. And I don't know how after how many games they have, how they keep coming up with new ideas that are all different and very very cool after all these things. But they did, and. Uh, I really like it. Um, I couldn't stop putting it down, so I've got it. As a matter of fact, I felt bad because I've uh, I've been telling you I'm going to get push on Baldur's Gate, but every time I sit down, I'm like, I want to play Ratchet and Clank. I want to play Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> um, so so I, I played uh, more of that than I should have this week, and I'm I think I'm over. I want to say seventy percent through the game. Um, so and plugging along with unlock getting everything completed, I may end up platinum that game eventually. So before I take it back. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank, a rift apart, super fun. Uh, it's good. It's a good addition to the storyline of the Ratchet and Clank games with the characters. Um, very, very neat. Uh, there's a new Lombax, which is what Ratchet is. Um, and it's, it's neat. Okay. Moving, moving on from there. What, what do you want to talk about first here, Dennis? There's two things we can do our, our, our show or movie, which is Cinderella man, or we can do BlizzCon conversation. What do you think? We could do BlizzCon first just to kind of force us. I don't I don't think we'll talk about it for too long unless you get me on some random topic. Um, <laughs> Start asking you about the history of, of the, the Worgen. Yeah, as much as, much as I remember. Well, Greymane, he had the wall, right? It's just south of Silverpine <laughs> yeah, Forest. Yeah, there we go already. <laughs> right. Well, well Greymane. When Deathwing shattered uh, in the Cataclysm, shattered the, the planet, uh, the, the wall came down, Gray Main's wall. Um, hey, well, well, there, there's there's the first one you yeah. said it was Deathwing, right? So that's the first bit we can talk about. Uh, yeah. So so BlizzCon just just finished, um, and I was we were talking about this off the air. Like there was a time I didn't, I never rabidly followed Blizzard news, but um, at various times when I was deep into playing wow i would listen to the instance podcast um which is yeah. you know famous one of the longest running podcasts definitely the longest running wow podcast um and so they would talk about this stuff and like i think back in 2019 we did a whole blizzcon front porch episode because i came over to your house and we watched mm-hmm. the live streams yep. um and then this year it just completely passed by me like they launched that uh, mobile game warcraft rumble and <laughs> i didn't i didn't yep. even know about it until our our buddy trotsky who is still playing clash royale after like 10 <laughs> years um posted because it's a similar sort of game and i was like what is this i opened it up and there's a blizzard logo and I'm like this is a real this is a real blizzard oh okay and I, and I didn't know anything about it, right? That it was coming or not, anything. Not even, I was not surprised that I didn't know anything about it because I'm not following any of that news anymore. I don't listen to um, even Core, which was Frog Pants's, uh, that's the network that does the instance. They had a Here's of the Storm podcast, Core, that they um, transitioned into a general gaming podcast as Here's of the Storm started to decline. And so I would get gaming news there, and I've not listened to that podcast for over a year. Um, and so I wasn't surprised that I didn't know about it. I was just surprised that it existed. Yeah. Like, 
Blizzard made a Clash of Clash Royale game. Okay, all right, whatever. And, and you and um, I downloaded that, and we haven't talked about it, and we haven't really talked about it with uh, Aaron or another guy playing, and Trotsky's playing. Well, I talked a little bit with Trotsky, um, but I will say because it's only been out what even a week, um, I played it, and I'm going to hesitantly say I kind of like it. Um, I, I'm not yeah, spending crazy amounts of time, but I've spent a couple hours playing through some of the stuff and i yeah I, i'm enjoying myself especially how heavily uh single player you can play the game sure um, yeah I, I i'm really liking that and i know i mean uh, part what was the part of this is a that card game um hearthstone hearthstone, Hearth, hearthstone had yeah. very a lot of single player stuff too so you know blizzard yeah is, yeah been doing I, that. hearthstone made perfect sense to me because i played it like when it was early beta or whatever same thing with here's the storm and when i played hearthstone i was like this should be a mobile game like why is this only and they eventually did make it a mobile game but um i i've played it a little bit part of it is just the phone game thing for me like of course i i live in a camper so i sit at my desk most of the day or i go to bed or i use the restroom and pretty much the only time I do anything close to phone gaming is in the restroom, which is, I know, a little gross, but I'm, no, most, most people, most do, people do, do it. So, um, yeah. you know, and and for me, like, I was fine just having a, a decent Sudoku app on my phone for the last, like, six six months or more. Um, yeah. Just, like, once in a while, open up, do the puzzle, or just get on TikTok. Um, yeah. I don't, I just don't spend a lot of time playing phone games like i did you know when i was living in a house with other people Mm -hmm. and like oh we're all gonna watch something and i've already seen it so maybe i'll play a game on my phone while i'm sort of mostly mostly listening to it or or whatever but but anyway uh blizzcon came and went and the only reason i even knew it was happening is because i get emails from blizzard and i'm like okay sure that's you know, I don't have any bandwidth right now. I'm I'm working and sleeping and playing Baldur's Gate three still. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. I don't have a lot of interest in whatever news is, is well, coming out of Blizzard. A problem that I have typically with Blizzard stuff with these kind of things. Well, I want to preface this by saying that time that we did the kind of the, the live show where we recorded while BlizzCon was going on is one of the mm-hmm. most memorable. Um, uh, episodes for me for that we've done throughout the show and we've done a lot of really fun th- things on this show but that was something sure. i really really enjoyed um but it also they have the real problem of they announce things and then it won't come out for three or four years later you know yeah so i have a hard time watching blizzcon things and caring you know i'll i'll see them for a second like what we're going to talk about here some of the trailers um and that's cool but i don't want to hear about you know, oh, we've got a, a, a druid and we've got a sorcerer and here's some of the things they can do because that completely changes or they can cut classes. They can just completely change the way the whole game is within three or four years because Blizzard will and can and has done that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so I just can't get the hype mm-hmm. in the way that they do it. And Blizzard is super hype because they've got their own convention, right? Um, sure. The, the, I mean, all the... always feels like they should be just an E3 booth but whatever no yeah maybe. maybe i mean i mean nintendo does their own and of course yeah. uh, i mean you know that, that's sony just has their mean, own right? like that that's just that's just what they do yeah so so anyway uh one of the things had and we're just gonna run through them real quick because there's you know 
one thing is that I didn't watch any of this. I wasn't live. Neither did you. So Mm-mm. we kind of, uh, I have gone through a couple of the news sites and read, you know, overviews of them. And it doesn't sound like there was a lot of whole details anyway. Um, like they've done in the past, they've kind of said a thing and then they said some words and then they just kind of didn't expand upon that. Um, right. And ho- hopefully maybe there, there are some interviews out there that I haven't seen, but in the last week um, they did, uh, they did show the Warcraft rumble launch cinematic and the trailer and they, mm-hmm. and they launched the game uh, at BlizzCon so we could all get it. And we did. And we just talked about that. It's a, it's a clash Royale. I will say I'm on the biggest iPhone out there right now with the iPro, iPhone 15 Pro Max, and mm-hmm. it still feels like I'm not a fan of scrolling up and down these these uh, arenas on there. Uh, oh, everything, yeah. the, everything else the I like big. about the game, but I, I just don't like that I, I can't see the whole board, um, and I'm on a big big phone, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know why they made that decision. Like Clash Royale has a fixed map i think or maybe you can scroll up and down but you got to scroll all over the map which is annoying it's very annoying and and so much so that uh, the way i'm playing it now is that i you know it says like oh there's stuff happening over there i just have to send troops up a lane and not pay attention to them which i don't like it doesn't have a lot of responsive oh uh, like clash royale had where oh he's sending a hogger and it's coming from the top over here now i have to respond by putting thing in a way in a tower there's none of that because you can't see the whole map Right, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. I don't know how it's going to play out, but that's my only caveat to it. Everything else is very enjoyable. the The characters are pretty fun. The games go pretty quickly, um, and as I said, playing single player to be able to progress and make your decks and do things playing single player works really well. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. really enjoying that. I think I will continue playing it. I had uh, our buddy Trotsky who runs our guild that he started, and he's really into this, or not this, but like into these games. Had asked me at game night. Well, how how far are you? What's your like level character level something? Right. And I said something like I played a little bit more than most of us, and I was at twenty three. Right. And he and he says, Oh yeah, that's pretty good. I'm at I'm at like forty something. I was like, Holy cow, Trotsky, you're forty already. It's only been like three days. And how did you do that? He goes, Well, first off, I I bought the twenty dollar package, and then I went ahead (laughs) and bought two more five dollar packages. Like oh. And all of us in this room went, oh, you bought your levels. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I just bought. He, he's such a whale, you know, and, mm-hmm. and completely open to being a whale. Um, it's just a different kind of mentality. You know, well, because yeah. I asked him, what's your strategy for what you would unlock first? And what are you going for a race? Are you going for the horde? Are you going for beasts? Are you putting mix? And he's like, oh, I just got them all. I just bought them all. Like, ah, oh, jeez, I can't talk. Just to you unlocked them all. Yeah, yeah. I can't talk to you about this anymore. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, yeah, I just he, bought them all. He very much has that. Uh, you know, I wanna, I wanna do, th- I wanna. How do, how do, how does he say that? I'm gonna butcher this quote. Like, it's, it's, it's oversimplified to say he likes paying for things. He likes to find things that he likes and then pay for them. Yes. Right. That's a very like he, he might have said like, that almost l- thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like a like a person who truly believes in capitalism without any. Oh yeah. Like, right. True. <laughs> like moral like a or person, religious it is a person, factors. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, it's like yeah. you know th- this is a thing that I want and I will give you money for it. Like it's 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 very simple. And so he looks at it and it's like well. Obviously, right. He likes this type of game because he continued playing Clash Royale for 
I said 10 years jokingly, but at least five years after all the rest of us quit. And so to have a nuke made by, a, a, you know, and I don't know whether it's Blizzard or uh, NetEase or whoever made uh, Diablo Immortal working together, but it has the polish of a Blizzard game. Yeah, right. For sure. uh, yeah. You know, it's got all the same mobile game nonsense of like 20 XP bars and stuff, but whatever, like that's, that's what you need in a mobile game if it's going to be free to play. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I want to defend him a little bit there because I, I just felt like a bachelor there, but I, I will say his, his reasonings are valid in that um, I will pay $45 for a brand new game or $60. Right. And right. without ever playing it. Um, so him <laughs> to dump 40 bucks right off the bat is, yeah, it makes it's sense. Just... It's not out of the norm. Right. Yeah. You know. But, but my, 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 dis, my, uh, counter argument to that is that you're paying for, 40 bucks not for the entire game like if i go buy mortal Kombat, i'm getting well hopefully these days you get the entire game. right that's, um, a, that's you, a whole different or uh, the ratchet and clank game i'm gonna get the whole thing right, right. um it, with with a a mobile game you're paying a bunch of money that is just saving you time you know sometimes right. it, yeah. it depends on what it is getting your reward i'm sure it's not like he unlocked the characters that's a thing that you would just normally do and it doesn't um it doesn't enhance your power because they won't you won't get them leveled up like you'll get them at level one if you're just if you're just starting out and then the other thing i'm sure he got is xp boosts that XP you know boosts. you're doing yeah. you're doing the same thing just faster so yeah. it's sort of that's that's one of those iffy sort of pay to win uh, mechanics, but well, I, at the same I, time, like like I don't want to I don't want to pile on him too hard for this because I also bought the ten dollar um, battle pass for the new season of Diablo Four, uh, yeah, and yeah. since the new season started, I've played Diablo Four less than an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just kept going back to Baldur's Gate, and I'm like, oh, I should, I shouldn't have paid, I shouldn't have bought that, but yeah, it was late. Yeah. It's like, well, it's the, ten bucks. So the 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 unfortunate thing about that with, you know, when you're playing with people, other people, and you're part of that conversation is that, um, you can't have the conversations which I kind of wanted to have on this show, and maybe we will talk about this in a couple of weeks with this game, um, and continue with our friends. Is how how did you beat Hogger? Right, like. Not that Hogger mm. was hard, but you could say, "Oh man, I'm, 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 I'm stuck on this character, and I need to figure out this thing." And how did you do it? When the answer is, "Well, I just bought a whole bunch of copies so that I could be overpower it," like that, let, that disappoints me. Right? Sure, that, of course. That doesn't feel like fun of the conversation. It's kind of like saying, "I, I started World of Warcraft, and let's talk about our characters and geek out about it." And you say, "Well, I just bought the level skip and bought all the items." Mm-hmm. You know. And now I'm rating. You're like, oh, well, that's, you know, you miss out of that that kind of thing. But to each their own. That's not what we're talking about here, free to play. Talk about the BlizzCon thing. That's uh, Warcraft Rumble. Uh, it's worth it. I'd say th- thumbs up so far to play it. Another thing they did was, um, and this we won't spend any time on, uh, announced a new Overwatch character that's coming out, which they have been doing regularly for Overwatch 2. You know, it, it is what it is. He's just a new Samoan character. He looks cool, but all of them are. And they've got like 500 characters on that. Um Hearthstone announced another major expansion. Neither you nor I have played that game in many years. Um, So I don't have a lot to say about that one. But the last two things we can talk about. Diablo 4 has announced its first expansion. 
called Vessel of Hatred. Uh, it is, uh, as we have discussed multiple times on this show about Diablo 4, uh, which continues to drop its price for, to get people to buy it. Um, it, it did not come close to finishing the story. It didn't even try. You know, right. in, in, in previous Diablo games, you bought the first game, you got a completed story, and each expansion would add another p- component to that story. But this one did not even come close. Um, so Vessel of Hatred is going to be another expansion, which I don't believe also is their plan to finish the story there either. I think they're just going to continue going on with it as long as they can, um, which is unfortunate, I think, from a person who loves the story. They didn't announce a lot to it, except that they're going to continue the story of Mephisto, who was kind of a character throughout the first one, um, but nothing else. 2024, late 2024 is what they say. So in mm-hmm. Blizzard terms, it'll be out in spring 2026, um, <laughs> right, with their stuff, which is a little disappointing. Um, I personally our buddy Aaron and I think maybe you were saying that there was good things in this vampire season. Um, but I just that was probably had Pete because he's played it a decent amount. Oh, is that, I just don't have any desire to go back and do the same things I've been doing, but with, you know, new gear. Um, you know, I just, I have a hard time loading that back up when there's so many other options. Yeah. The, the seasons have a really small, at least if two is the same as the first one was, um, just have a really small story and then it's you know just the same diablo loot grinder and if i didn't have another game to play right if my option was play diablo 4 for a couple hours or start up another factorial run that's gonna eat a few hundred hours of my life (laughs) yeah then i would play diablo 4 but um i have finally started to slow down on Baldur's gate a little bit um but yeah, just still yeah. not not to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm bored. Should I, you know, do the next couple steps on one of my Baldur's Gate runs or switch over to my computer and my Windows computer and, and fire up Diablo 4? Um, yeah, and or, Diablo 4. Or I, just watch a show or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Diablo 4, a major difference between the rest of them is that, I, you know, I've played all of the classes already up to the part where you get oh. the major grind. You know, where yeah. the major grind is uh, that last torment level or whatever it's called, where the world, mm-hmm. you upgrade the world. And now you're all you're doing is making super micro upgrades type stuff yeah. until you get those tier. So I played every character class up to that. Um, hmm. So there's, there's just, which you never really did in the other Diablos because it took such a kind of a thing to do. Um, right. So, yeah, I... I I don't know much to say about that, but uh, I don't know if they also, I don't know if they uh, announced, oh, they did. They announced a new class, but they, they didn't tell us what it was. They just got on things that it's going to come out with a new class. That's what, uh, what have they left out? Probably another. Witch Doctor is one. I don't, been left I'm out. sure, I don't think they'll do Witch Doctor, but they could do either. something similar. Uh, yeah. Witch Doctor is, is uh, problematic. Uh, culturally but yeah yeah, i was gonna say another kind of magic because there is a wizard right yeah sorcerer sorcerer uh, crusader slash paladin they haven't released 
Yeah, the only there's just barbarian, right, for sort of melee. I mean, obviously yeah. you could melee a a rogue. Um, yeah, they could do another monk. Yeah, they could or, do or, a monk. A... Oh wait, actually, I'm sorry. I'm reading the thing, the little sentence here. It says Diablo Forge an expansion called Vessel of Hatred, and it will include a brand new, never before seen class. Mm. So it's all new. Um, I mean, yeah. What's what's on the list that not in any previous? Because like Diablo two had paladins, but Diablo three just had crusaders. I I'm inclined yeah. to say it'll be some kind of shield class because in as it stands now, only necromancers <clears throat> necromancers use shields, which is weird. But if it's never before seen, like, well, it's not going to be a crusader or a paladin. Maybe yeah. just. I can't see them doing fighter, but maybe it'll just be a fighter. Yeah, I don't know. They're not giving us any any details, which is really weird that they wouldn't give us at least a little bit. Uh, again, maybe in the the separate separate thing. Okay, so the last uh, thing here for this topic is World of Warcraft. I know it's a weird thing for us to be talking a little excited about that. Not that I'm excited, but there's two components to this. We'll start with the lesser one in that um, World of Warcraft Classic is adding the Cataclysm expansion. I don't know how I seems, feel about it because seems soon I feel like they just did yeah. L- Lich King, but maybe yeah, that was I, a, a year or more ago. Who, who knows? But it does feel like they're they're just running right through these things. Um, so I don't understand the goal I'm, there. I I'm sure at some that. point I predicted they would stop at Wrath because that seems to be the time <clears throat> the time generally most people agree was when it stopped, like when when the game started to become quote unquote bad. Like people who love classic are like, yeah, partway through, partway through Wrath is where they added this and this and Raid Finder and other things, and so like it's weird to me that they're going beyond that. But if yeah, people they're, play they're it, continuing it's to fine. add them all eventually. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you can answer this question for me. Maybe um, are there servers that you can stay on? So can you play World Vanilla World of Warcraft Classic? And it never upgrades. There were there were when Burning Crusade happened. Okay. It was like you could, and you had the choice to like copy your classic classic character into a Burning Crusade character. Okay. Um, I don't know if that was a like a one time you copy them once and then still play the one in classic, or I I think it involved a server transfer. So like you could move it onto a server that was always going to stay classic. Or go on to a um, an expansion server. I've not yeah. kept up with that news, so I I can't say for yeah. sure. It, it's it's just so kind of take, taken aback by me because Cataclysm. I played what I remember in my mind. Wow, for too way too long of my life, um, but a, a long period of time. And Cataclysm was the last one I played. So they have classic has already done the entire breadth of what I've done of of warcraft and that's sure that's that's weird um that they're you know people were dying to get back to the original and now they're just dying to race on ahead again but um what what, you know to each their own but cataclysm comes out i did love cataclysm back in the day primarily because it completely shook up the entire game and changed world of warcraft i think as we know it because everything with raids and 10 mans were made and um 
just was a whole different paradigm uh, started happening. And d- dungeon finders were introduced, etc. Um, yeah, a lot of that was laid in in Wrath, but for me, Cataclysm was the big was the big change where they upgraded the original map, right? Because by the time right. By the time Cataclysm happened, I want to say the original world was at least six or seven years old. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they did the expansions more than two years apart. And that's Maybe where the you could fly, right? Isn't that where you could fly and you, anywhere? And you could in, fly in like you you could fly in the original world, and they redid all the textures and and polygons and stuff on those old maps, and it was like a whole new game. Yeah, yeah. So, so I liked Cataclysm a lot. I don't know how it was generally, but I, I enjoyed that one. So, the, just for a second, I didn't have that. Oh, I'd like to go back there and see what that's about. But the <laughs> other side news to that one too is they they got a weird thing. They went it got up on stage and they announced something called Classics Season of Discovery, and it begins on November thirtieth. Now, she described it on stage as vanilla World of Warcraft with a twist, and continued to say things that. Uh, characters would they create new characters and they could level them up to the level cap of 25 and then they would discover what she called I think it was class altering abilities and her example of these abilities would change the game to let warlocks tank and mages heal and things like that like, now totally that's in the paradigm. that's in retail that's in the main game I don't know it's called classics season of discovery and then oh. there was just cheers, and she was smiling, and then she went on to the next thing. It's uh, seasons. I don't know if they were doing this before. The, like, they've had seasons, like, uh, not original, like retail, what they, what they call retail. It's the World of Warcraft that's not classic. Um, retail WoW has had versions of seasons for years, right? Like, the, okay. I mean, they did a sort of season thing with, with Battlegrounds, like, one of the first thing before they started doing um seasons or season like things like obviously seasons were a big part of the 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 success and longevity of um Diablo 3 Diablo yeah and um they did it like seasons or or things they call brawl uh, maybe not brawl. That's something are, are like these that. Characters We're, like you create a server, an entire server. N- no, well, it might be. It might be. They might be doing a while. WoW... I'm confusing two things in my head. That's what's happening. I'm thinking of brawls, which in like Heroes and some other games were like, here's a wacky game mode where everybody plays as stitches, and yeah. you know right. maybe they bring some of that mechanic into the game. Like they had a brawl that was basically a ram. Um, the thing from League of Legends, all random, all mid, right? Where you don't pick your your hero, and there's only one lane, and so it's just kind of chaos. Um, yeah. And now they have that as a regular game mode. Um, seasons is a different thing. It might be more like Diablo, where you play, and they must be, as you said, level twenty five. They're like lowering the level cap, so it's not going to be roll a new character and spend six months leveling it though in retail wow leveling a character to just before the latest expansion takes about a day and a half um and so i'm guessing it must just be like a like a random you know almost like a like a homebrew server kind of thing where like yeah this warlock is completely different and they'll be able to tank and it'll just be a couple months you can do this and then they'll do a new thing like they do with 
uh, Diablo. That that that's that's crazy and a little interesting. I I don't know mm-hmm. what to think about that. Um, so I of all this news here, I thought that was the most like my ears perked up like a dog who's like, huh? You know, just what, what was that about? And then they just yeah. didn't expand upon it. So um, I'm going to try to do a little bit digging and read about it. Uh, but that's one that could be interesting to go back and not do the same old thing. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, just revisit. just like just like Diablo, it might be a thing that gets, gets people into that game, uh, you know, periodically coming back to see a new thing who, you know, aren't willing or able to commit to a whole expansion experience. Yeah. And the last thing for BlizzCon uh, to, to talk about is they did, as they usually do, announce another expansion. This one's called, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, the War Within is what it is. It's and like the, the start of a series of expansions, which is another new thing. Yes, three expansions. There, so it's maybe one big story called the World Soul Saga. Yeah, and, it's, it, sounds like, it sounds like they're taking the idea, because the expansions have all been... Um, chaptered so shall we say Um, people usually refer to them by the patch numbers right so the first number is the is the patch it's like you know the the second big content event for cataclysm would be 3.2 and so my guess is that they're making those bigger so instead of like this is patch 3.2 where or 2.3 where um you know, the Argent tournament starts like that will be hyped as its own sort of mini expansion um, as part of that's that's I'm just speculating on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have no idea because I hadn't read more about that. I just know that they had mentioned those being mm-hmm. expansions. Um, but, I, you know, I don't I don't know what it is. Um, so they're uh, the, they're actually numbering them. I do know that. Like, so the third expansion is called World Soul Saga. And it'll be the twelfth expansion. Called, oh, sorry, it's called the last. Ta- it's called the last Titan of the World Soul Saga, and they're actually okay. calling it like a full expansion. Yeah, but I, I yeah, I don't know. And, and I don't know enough about the lore at this point. But what I do want to say about this whole thing, because that's just more content, more stuff, whatever story. Cool. That's it's mm-hmm. all cool about that. But uh, one man, that cinema. Can we talk about that cinema for a second? <laughs> Cinematic. Um, the the, cinematic. the trailer. Yeah. Woof. Uh, and Andwin and Thrall, and woof. yeah, as as best I could tell, they got they got Metzen back to voice Thrall. The, I mean, we've raved about uh, Blizzard's and and World of Warcraft's cinematics team um, since the beginning of time. Right? It, you know, it it looks incredible. It looks better than the ones we saw for um, for Legion for Battle for Azeroth. Well, I think I think that. Um, it's and it's Anduin in there, right? The yeah. Anduin Ren. Mm-hmm. He he is. They have successfully leaped the uncanny valley and made it to the other side. Where yeah. I was struggling to tell that he wasn't an actual real person mm-hmm. um, with ultra close up shots of his face and armor, yeah. and that it wasn't true metal that I was looking at in his stuff. <laughs> Until they, of course, go to Thrall, and he's amazing too because he's a—it's an alien orc, right? Right. Um, but that's the only way that I would—that you could have shown me this, and I thought it was—it'd be a you know a fan-made trailer. Um, until I saw Thrall, but it was an actual you know a cinematic thing. Mm. Uh, holy sure. cow! I'm just 
so so impressed. And of course, when these things happen, all you can read about in any comment is, "Oh my God, give us a movie, give us a movie, give us a movie." I want a whole thing. <laughs> right, right. Which is beyond make me. A, that, make a whole movie like this, like that's like that's trivially easy. Like, yeah, I I can only a, guess a it huge amount of work to make one five minute. Yeah, thing, I mean, you know? I mean, all I could keep thinking about was the 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 um what session panel um that they did with with some of the voice acting team um in the blizzcon i watched in 2019 about how the actors the voice actors they kind of spend some time together in the room just sort of ad-libbing like really getting into character so when they read the actual lines like their their method acting they're in those characters and it just comes through in their emotion when they are saying those lines. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, of course it would be great to see an hour and a half long movie. Uh, of sure. course they went ahead and did it and made it a not great movie. World movie. Warcraft. Yeah. Um, did well in and, China. Yeah. It, yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and that was unfortunate that that's the one we got, you know? Right. Um, that, that they obviously go to Hollywood instead of just spending the trillions of dollars that Blizzard has, especially now that they're bought by Microsoft. Right. Um, and but who knows? Now that they are bought from Microsoft, that may be actually something that eventually does happen. You know, it's a second movie. Yeah, that they actually do a second movie and they make have them do the team and they they invest all that that money kind of thing. I don't know what to right. say about the Microsoft uh, buyout. Um, yeah, Spencer I have was no there. On that. I really don't either. Spencer was there, the big guy of Microsoft at the BlizzCon, mm. and came out on stage and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to say about that. The, the purchase makes me a little sad as a PlayStation person, uh, just because. <laughs> I mean, just because it's going to wall off stuff, you know, that, sure. that we previously had available. Um, I, I'm I'm also not against Xbox people being able to play Spider Man or Ratchet and Clank, you know. Right. Um, it makes me sad that I can't play those or Mario being played on PlayStation, you know. So anything that gets closed off is just a kind of a sad thing for me. And while sure. they're obviously saying, oh, we're not in a hurry to close off Call of Duty. Yeah, we know. But give us five years and, you know, or less. Um, and they'll stop, you know, giving that. So any kind of uh, Blizzard thing that comes out in the future is probably going to be Xbox exclusive. So anything like um, Any console overwatch thing, or yeah. whatever will, will not be, and we won't see another Diablo on the, on the PlayStation, you know, or, or the, the switch or any kind of thing like that going forward. Mm. Um, that being said, um, even though we just talked about Blizz, blizzard for the last 30 minutes, um, they haven't really been on the top of their game for the last three to five years either. So no, that's true. Uh, maybe it won't be a total loss uh, for us not like that. Okay, well, let's we move could, on. We've got like 15 yeah, minutes Yeah, we could segue now. into a whole conversation about consoles and, and exclusives, but... Let's not, yeah. All right, this week we watched Cinderella Man from 2005, starring Russell Crowe, Renee Zellweger, Paul Giamatti, uh... Bruce McGill, not too many others. A pretty small cast. Mm-hmm. Um, can, can I start this, off by saying I, I'm embarrassed that I have not watched the show before? Now, I was film. so surprised you've never seen it. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm embarrassed because clearly this is my kind of movie. Um, yeah. If if you if you want to say what's a what's a you know what's a good movie I can that Michael would like this is a shoe in for it, um, and the main character phenomenal all the way from start to finish, mm-hmm. great, um, based on a real person. Um, I went ahead and read some you know how close is it to the real thing uh, yeah. articles. And most of it's pretty darn good. I way I understand it is it's pretty good with the exception of. The what's made to be the villain boxer, um, Max Bear. Max Bear. He, he, you know, he wasn't as such an evil jerk. Um, and he, I think he did have it was one person that died in the ring from him. Hmm. Um, but he was uh, the way I understand it, he was um, grief stricken for the rest of his life about it and hmm. haunted and PTSD and that kind of thing. It, was, it wasn't, sure. a, oh, you know, I'm gonna put everybody else in into the the grave um, yeah and even like um, i don't know how much we want to spoil this i don't think we really have time to do a whole spoiler segment um this is a boxing movie uh it's it's based on the true story of james braddock uh supposedly washed up boxer who came back to challenge for heavyweight champion of the world in 1935 mm-hmm. so it's right in the middle of the depression which is very um, core to the whole film the the Max character is the villain, but there are definitely like he has m- moments of humanity, right? He's he's not cartoonish. Like you see them, uh, you know, tap gloves after the fight. You see him try to talk uh, Braddock out of doing the fight before they fight. Um, yeah. But it is it is a little amped up, especially in the final fight sequence, just yeah. to make you know it's sort of the challenge when you're making a movie based on a true story. Of course you want to yes. still make a a fun plot to follow yeah of course a fun, and so you a fun a movie for people movification that yeah uh, but yeah. but uh but but like you said one other thing that makes me a good uh, what the movie for this make a good movie for me you know the bad guy isn't a bad guy at the end right he just kind of becomes together right. and and has that right i don't know if i'm spoiling that but that's it's, you can read about it on the internet, you know? Yeah. I've seen this movie a couple times. I, I talked last week about how I saw this in the theater, mm-hmm. not by accident, but without knowing anything about it, except for the two lead actors. I was like, oh, this will be interesting. And then had my doubts when I saw a poster revealing it as a boxing movie. And of course, loved it because it's fantastic. Um, I sat while I was watching it, I was trying to think like, what, what not not what's wrong with this movie, but what kept it from being like a great phenomenal. It was nominated for three Oscars. Um, the only acting Oscar was supporting for uh, Paul Giamatti. And then it got editing and makeup uh, nominations and didn't win any of those. And I mean, some of that is what else came out in 2005, which I don't know off the top of my head, but I was like, I was like, what keeps this from being, you know, a, another very similar movie that did win Oscars. Um, right. Yeah. And the story is simple. Um, there's Maybe. nothing, there's nothing like, you know, hugely surprising or, or groundbreaking. Like none of that is, none of that is bad. It just is not um, like remarkable or noteworthy in a way. And that was the most, like that's the most negative thing I can say about this movie. Yeah. Um, 
I I love this movie. It's fantastic. Um, I'd seen it a couple times, so watching it again, I was looking for like details I didn't remember because I just remembered highlights. Right? It's been yeah. years since mm-hmm. since I saw it. Um, there is a lot of there's a lot of dialogue, but there's yes. also there's also a lot of um, show don't tell, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids. I, that's one example. Uh, especially with the kids um there are a lot of points where you you just see stuff happen and people don't say you know there's no lines there's just acting between you see um the first time he goes outside and they they don't have milk because they Mm -hmm. they're past due on the bill and the the camera angle is wide enough and this might be part of why they got nominated for editing um well, that would be cinematography, whatever. Yeah. Um, you can see Milk at the other apartments, right? At the other yeah. neighbor. And I was like, does he does he go and swap a bottle of milk? And, it, and of course he doesn't, right? And yeah. then he also, like, when the son shoplifts, he takes him back and makes him apologize. And it's just, I mean, Russell Crowe is phenomenal in this. Yes. and. I think I've said phenomenal a couple times here, but <laughs> no, you're, um, you're right. And the character is phenomenal. Right? Like that's, that's he inhabits, he inhabits that character. Um, you see him like there's, you see him. So the reason I brought up that milk thing is like, they're desperate, right? They're, they're on their last pennies trying to survive in New York city during the great depression when there's Hooverville, like just a couple blocks away or whatever. Uh, well, no, yeah. they're in New Jersey, so Hooverville's further than that. But um, they're they're his family's in New Jersey, um, and the movie shows us his morals and his character through those actions instead yes. of having anybody say anything. You yeah. you see it when his wife sends the kids to live with her sister, and he, you know, does what he has to do and goes and gets them back. Um, yes, right. And and so it builds up this 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 character to become this sort of icon for st- these people struggling during the depression. That I'm sure there there were many stories like this, right? Where sure. where desperate people found something, some sort of celebrity or like a um um what's that movie with the horse? Uh, <laughs> the movie with the horse, I like. It. Uh, damn it! Um, or no, the racehorse. Um, uh, sea biscuit. Sea biscuit. Yeah. Um, same kind of like like underdog, you know, down at you know the rocky kind of thing, but with without the the like sensationalism of it. Though th- there is yeah. some of that, some of that, especially toward the end, um, and. You know, by the end, they have these these lines and these interactions, and I'm just weeping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's that, what what makes it yeah. that emotional is how true it is. Like, not not true. I mean, like how true to emotion it's. Like you mm-hmm. you hope you hope that this is one of the things why I like it so much and why this is my kind of show is that I'm always so nervous that some Hollywood person is going to ruin this, <laughs> that they're going to come in and they're going to make it a twist where he's a jerk, you know, or he makes the wrong choice or he, um, 
he loses or he dies in the end or, you know, like they're going to make some kind of dramatic thing. And you're just hoping and hoping that he stays true to be an honorable, good person, that right. he comes through and spoilers wins, you know. Uh, but and then when it does happen, then you do, I think, for me, have genuine emotions, right? Like I'm so happy yeah. for them. I'm so happy we made it through you know um and, yeah and there's a and there's a subplot with the press right that's the yep. details i don't know we're spoiling a little bit of the plot here but the the thing with the, his wife sending the kids away he goes to it wasn't called welfare the relief relief office to get money from the government and it's it's devastating for him but yeah he has to do it so that they can turn the heat back on so he can get his kids back and then later in the movie, when he starts fighting again and has money, he goes back to the relief office and pays the money back. Right? right. It's like, it's so, it's, it's significant in the movie. It's noteworthy in the movie to the point that one of the reporters asks him about it. They're like, we yeah. heard that you did this. What, why, why did you, yeah. why did you do that? And it's, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, rah rah america stuff in there but you yeah. know for the for the time for the set it builds up it makes it not just plausible but understandable that by the end there are crowds of people following along um because he has become like a like a symbol to them just for being a genuinely good person genuine a genuinely good person right and then and, and at every turn he's Throughout the film, he is presented with opportunities to not be that or to make take the easy way out, per se, you know, um, or fail. Folk in them stories, they had plenty yeah. of chances to turn back. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> when, when the, the fight promoter keeps um, trying to tell him or was it not be liable for him dying and showing he's showing him the the guy the film where the guy died mm. before oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, the the yeah. commission boxing commission guy yeah and and he's like uh and he, he does that it's not a speech he just kind of turns and he says like you know this is my job and there's a lot of people that die every day from falling from skyscrapers or working on a rivet team or whatever he says yeah and like, there's there's a that's a little bit, bit of i mean who, who knows maybe that's something he actually said to me it was like a little a little post like we're telling a story about the past right like this yeah. is during the depression. There's no, there's no uh, uh, OSHA or, you know, whatever. There's probably still some, some child labor. Probably not too much child labor still at that point. But yeah. and by the late mid to late thirties. But, um, th th I mean that's still true, right? It's like, oh, I could, you know, you could, you could die doing this. Well, yeah. I could get in a car accident. I could be working at the docks, and you know, the th crate or something fall on me like yeah yeah and, you know. and and not just not just accidentally i, I can he i think he might even make a, a comment like you know if i don't go to if people don't go to work like me at boxing then i can't pay for rent or i can't pay for this is what i do and i know that right it's my my profession yeah and and yeah. it sucks and i know that i can die it's kind of like a, a soldier you know oh my gosh i'm gonna sue because my kid died in the army well you know that's what you sign up for type thing you know um, sure. And he and he kind of came out and said that, which was like well, another great scene where he wasn't being like, you know, proud or bragging or things like that. It was just a 
this is what I have to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. And he was also very aware of like, you know, people see him as this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the right thing to do and that kind of stuff. So I just loved every bit of it. And those kind of scenes that continue to go through terrified that they were going to kill him off at the end, you know, Mm. that this was going to end up being a tragedy. And I'd be like, I hate this film. They totally (laughs) bait and switched me, you know? Um, Yeah. And I know, yes, I know all you out there who are saying, yes, you can have a tragedy and it still be a good film. Sure. But man, does it feel good to have a good character come through and survive and win the day, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, so many, it's not fictional even like that was a real thing. So. Yeah, yeah. That that's a thing um Pete and I talked about in the context of the British series Trying. Okay. Um where the characters and that one has a little more like you have doubts early on but then the more the characters especially the side characters are developed in later seasons you're like these are good people. They're all good people. Like they're not perfect, you know, in 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 the way where you know this portrayal of Braddock seems like just a good person, you know, not there, there are a little more yeah. cracks yeah. in the, in the trying characters. But, sure. um, one of the things Pete said was so many shows are written to make characters interesting because of their, because of their flaws, because they're broken or, yeah. you know, whatever the Sherlock Holmes kind of thing, like Dr. House, where you're yeah. like, Oh, this is, you know, I like him because he's competent, but as a person, he's, you know, basically an asshole and it's it's um refreshing i guess a good word for it um to see a a good enjoyable piece of media made about a genuinely good person like yeah and it's celebrated for that variety is good right you want to Mm -hmm. you know have different things i was i was a little worried like i didn't remember um, it being a true story until we talked about it last week. And I, I was a little worried about what the, what the post, um, credits like summary would be like, you know, Oh, and then, then he lost, you know, yeah, a month right. later or, or whatever kind of thing. Um, but it wasn't that you'd just get some sort of highlights of, of what they did in, in their life and their yeah. lives after that. And, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, I, that was kind of the story is that he's a regular guy trying his best working Mm -hmm. hard failed he failed right like he wasn't he he didn't go to the boxing thing and and win everything the first go you know he was kind of a washed up had a broken hand and um you know fell on some bad luck was not a uh, warrior winner from the very outset right Mm -hmm. so comeback story um, yep. So yeah, just I don't have anything more to say that about that that I really liked everything about it. <laughs> Love the acting, and of course, here we go another one with Paul Giamatti. Had done another wonderful job, right? Last week, yeah. Last week I said I'm still searching for that one that that I don't like of him. I've <laughs> not found it yet. Hmm. Um, so he's a uh, side trivia note. Uh, did you know that um, the 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 villain boxer in this guy his name's Max Bear. His, do you know his famous son is? The actor or the person? The 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 actual person, Max Bear. He had a son named Max Bear Jr. And this is also for old people. Like okay, uh, Max Bear Jr. was Jethro Bodine in Beverly Hillbillies. Okay, yeah, Jethro. Uh, mm-hmm. He he that that's 
that's the real life Max Bear Jr. So his oh, dad that's, was that's that funny. guy. I wonder yeah. if he's related to uh, uh, Trotsky's friend Jay Bear. Jay, Jay Bear. <laughs> Who knows, right? Uh, but I was like, oh, I know Jethro. And, and th- there was some people had interviewed him about this or had talked about stuff after this film. The movie, and, sure. And, and he was on uh, the record saying, you know, my dad was a good person and, you know, all these kind of things too. So, uh, and the family, you know, was saying like he, he wasn't misrepresented, but he was never really, they had to do it for the, for the film, you know, sure, and course, they understood the story as a story and that's what they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so thumbs, thumbs up for the Cinderella man all around. I recommend it to darn everybody. I don't know who wouldn't like this little kids, you know, <laughs> that's about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, worth good watching. Wor- good work. Uh, Ron Howard director. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, any anyone could watch this would would have a great time from start to finish. I don't think there's a boring, slow or bad part of it. It keeps you entertained throughout um, with the actors and the the dialogue and the characters, and um, you you won't be disappointed. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it yeah. uh, speaking of um, what's his name? We just said it. I was just saying um, the coach. Um, I was just praising him. Um, Ted Lasso? No, no, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti said Ted Lasso. I, I was think when I was thinking about shows about good people, I thought of Ted Lasso, but I never said. So it was in my, it was in yeah. my brain. But uh, I was going to say yeah. Paul Giamatti uh, also is this character that you're kind of has that same thing that the main character here does is that you're like oh you're waiting for him to turn into a bad guy or a greedy or a selfish or whatever and just all the way through the last fight even he just gets better and better and we should more and more proving we, him his loyalty and. We should sometimes, and, you know. sometime watch Sideways, which I've not seen since it was new, but that was a big Paul Giamatti movie, and I don't remember whether I don't that'll that'll uh, shatter your illusion of I don't know, <laughs> I don't remember or not <laughs> of but a good Paul anyway. Giamatti film. Uh, cool. So, all right. So, ne- ne- uh, all right. That being said, next week or in a couple of days, actually. Um, next next time, next. I mean, for the listeners, it'll be next week. We'll yes. be talking about a man called Otto a man named named Otto called Otto it's one of those um yeah Tom Tom Hanks Hanks. yeah Uh, I don't know anything else about it so yeah and I don't want to say anything about it because I I way to describe my situation is just how you described going into Cinderella man didn't know anything about it walked in watched the film Um, and and that's and then I come out Uh, I Tom Hanks so I really doubt I will be disappointed yeah, you, it's hard. It's very hard for any Tom Hanks film. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm gonna watch it again because I was surprised at what it was um, all the way through, um, and I I think it's worth watching again. So I'm kind of I'm gonna watch that uh, hopefully tomorrow if I can get through Loki because I've got to push through Loki tonight. And we're also gonna talk about some Loki with uh, the Geek Scholar guys. Listen next week, uh, listeners, so that you can you know catch up with the Geek Scholar movie news crew. Um, and the front porch crew all, all at once looking forward to next week sweet all right well you've been listening to the front porch this is episode 322 thanks as always to our friends at lrm online you check them out for reviews on things um, i'm sure well maybe not but pretty soon after this airs uh fox will probably have a review on the marvels um if you want to reach out to us and tell us your favorite Paul Giamatti film that will uh, finally break Michael's uh, love affair 
with uh, with that actor. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You can email us. Our address is frontporchpod, all one word, at gmail.com. Or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, where you will find contact forms to reach out to us. If you enjoy The Front Porch, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you'd leave us a positive review, we as appreciate that. It helps us out in those rankings. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Bye.